Hello and welcome to This Old Ham Shack, episode number two. What is our episode called today, Dominic? We, well, disproving Flat Earth with Ham Radio, uh, not strictly um, limited to that in the discussion today, but that's going to be our main topic. Um, got some other stuff, some of the uh, misconceptions related to radio, um, got some talk about smart meters and radios causing migraines. So you know it's going to be a great episode. I'm going to need everyone to get their tinfoil hats out for this one because it's going to be a fun ride. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Ready. There we go. All right. Good deal. Here we go. All Ready. right. So um, the first one that we discussed, we actually, I think we talked about doing this um, as soon as we decided we were doing a podcast, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and that is disproving um, the flat earth theory. Um, with amateur radio. So yeah, I figured it'd be a pretty good topic since, I mean, us as hams, and if even if you're not a ham and someone with common sense should know the earth is round, and I mean, it, with us being hams, we know why the earth is round because we deal with that on a day-to-day basis. That's, that's just what they want you to think, man. You're not woke. Oh, I'm not the wokest person of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um... So let, let's summarize it. So maybe you're new to this chat about Flat Earth. I mean, I don't know how you could have not, because what you have celebrities and NBA players, you know, people who are just really the modern philosophers of our day. Yeah, are, Kanye is definitely the most <laughs> modern philosopher. Oh, Scoop absolutely. diddy whoop. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, you have a lot of people... Um, with a decent amount of notoriety and fame that are subscribing to this ridiculous theory. And the theory is that the Earth is flat. Not spherical, not round per se. It is, it is not a, cubic either. Yeah, it's a flat disc. Um, it's, a, it's the uh, Earth Frisbee, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. It's a Frisbee. Um, Although, if... They they also claim that only the Earth is round. The Sun and every other planet, including Mars, have been proven to be round. Only Earth is flat. That is just our Earthian exceptionalism. That's that's where that lie comes from. Um, so the members of this entire flat Earth society, they believe that it's flat because, well, it looks and it feels flat. But, you know, the thing is... Because, you know, gravity, it pulls down, so... I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna notice anyway, but from a layman's standpoint, if you had zero recollection of how the earth how gravity works or anything like that, which obviously these people don't, um, if right. you have a flat object and you drop a thing on said flat object, it's gonna fall towards a flat object. There ergo it that must be how the earth looks because earth looks flat, so therefore object fall on ground flat. Yeah. It looks flat, therefore it is flat. But things aren't always how they look. Um, so th- I guess just some quick bullet points of the theory. Uh, okay, I mentioned NBA players. Um, I think Shaq was the one that was coming to my mind. I couldn't remember if it was Shaq for sure, but it is in fact Shaq. And there's also rapper B.O.B. Yep. Um, are, are also con- the, both of them are convinced that the earth is flat. Um, I know there's a lot, a few other big name celebrities. I'm not going to say any names just because I don't want to, I don't honestly remember them off the top of my head and I don't want to give any wrong names and slander them. Oh but. yeah, for sure. 
Now, this is from a source, so this I think this is correct. But, I mean, that's the gist of it, right? right. Um, and, and then some other things that get you know brought in with that is that you know not only that the Earth is flat, but there. Well, what keeps everyone from falling off the Earth? Well, okay, Antarctica and the Arctic Circle are not continents; they're a giant ice wall right. that goes around the entire circumference um, of the Earth. And, like, that's one of the theories. Another theory is that, well, it's just the edge of the Earth and no one knows what's there. So you have, like, the Navy patrolling, uh, either killing or shooing people too. back towards land yeah. on threats of death. And what so. it, Did you hear what happened um, with the guy that uh, tried to make his own rocket? Because, you know, NASA's a bunch of oh liars. And, um, he got the rocket up in the air, but I don't think he got it up high enough. I mean... Home-built rocket. Yeah, the guy the, with a human payload... <laughs> Like didn't I'm as far as I know didn't test other like with the same rockets like with dummy payloads of the same way just hey rocket human let's go uh, uh, yeah so uh, and the guys survived the launch miraculously I thought for sure that guy was gonna get a Darwin Award for that flat Earth engineering at its finest absolutely so um you know this is this is where we're at now. This is becoming a popular thing. And there's a, a weird subculture within like fundamentalist Bible believers, even because in the Bible, the, the phrases about the circle of the earth appear, but you know, there's not really a Greek word that conveniently translates to English for spherical. Right. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty big leap. Even if you're, you know, if, if you're of a, a biblical mindset, that's still a big leap to make. So, um, so something that you and I both know a fair amount about and something that this podcast is about is about ham radio. Right. And um, ham radio has a lot to say about whether or not the earth is flat or round based on how it behaves. Right. And if you're a general, you do HF a lot. Even if you're a tech, you have access to HF. And mm-hmm. one of the terms that you're probably thinking about is skip and propagation. Yep. Um, we know as hams that uh, skip and bounce propagation while they all end up in the same thing, slightly different, but they all mean the same thing. And the same thing generally happens. Radio wave goes, um, gets reflected and or refracted by some layer of the ionosphere. gets bounced back towards earth. It repeats till it reaches someone receiving it and then still continues on from there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Eventually it gets weak enough to the point where it can, you know, it can no longer be, decoded or, or perceptible right um because know, there's loss everywhere conditions. yeah exactly um so yeah there's a couple different ways how that radios propagates you talked about sky waves in the ionosphere ground waves is something that hams don't have access to you know you gotta have thousands and thousands of watts um in shortwave frequencies like super, like like actual low frequency, not just medium frequency, right? And you mean like, like LF and VLF and ones things below HF. Either. Yeah, things like uh, like like here with the um, Tesla Spirit Radio, like lightning whistlers. If you know what those are, like you can listen to lightning and they sound exactly. like whistles. So that's that's ground wave. Um, so hams with HF primarily take advantage of sky waves. So like you said, um, during the day you have the D layer. Um, you have that blocks the higher frequencies like 30 meters, uh, 17, 15, 12, 10, um, that dissipates at night. And then the E layer, um, will help make that skip around. So, and this is something that even if you're not a ham, you're not a general class ham yet, you can, um, you can kind of listen to this, um, with any cheap radio, you can listen to an AM broadcast station during the day. So you can listen to, um, 
I don't know, flat earth radio <laughs> on AM during the day. And then uh, you can tune to that same station at night and you'll notice um, that it may be weak. It may be strong, but it, it always has, it a, has change, a, cha- there's sure. a change. Yeah. So the one story you and I were talking about, where we were putting together notes for this. That uh, I remember when I was a kid, I listened to a lot of talk radio because I was weird like that. <laughs> Um, I used to listen to WJR out of Detroit, which is about a 90 minute drive from here. Um, and, and WJR is a huge station. Huge it it station. booms like a lot of the U.S. a lot of times, like oh, yeah. at least Midwest, Eastern Seaboard stuff. Like a lot of people hear that. Right. Absolutely. So WJR is a huge station during the day. I mean, it's just big, big signal at night. And, and it was very prominent. Like I can remember it just past sunset. That all of a sudden I could be in the middle of listening to a show it would come in great, and then it would just go into the toilet. Um, and the reason for that is because the band's going long, as you'll hear him say, and it begins to skip. And then sometimes you'd tune around, and I'd hear distant stations. I can remember hearing, um, you know, stations from Indiana that I wouldn't normally hear. Stations from Chicago, stations from even further west than that. And sometimes you'd hear two or three stations on the exact same frequency coming in all all at once from different directions because of that that skipping propagation. Right. And I mean, I still hear that today when I flip over to AM on my um, Pioneer receiver. Like, I live inside of four plaster walls, each like an inch or two thick at least, so radio waves don't get in normally that well. But at night, there you get more wave propagation skip and they come right in through my window because that's the opening it just has to do with the daylight and what time of day it is exactly so so this these are things that you can observe as a, as a ham these are things you can observe as anyone with access to an am radio and if you got a car you got one of those things I mean, unless someone stole it or something like that but um or unless you can, live in detroit yeah exactly you can uh you can buy a really cheap uh am radio and you can observe the things that we're talking about here so this isn't something far flung that's hard to figure out. And yeah, I mean, I encourage you go to an antique store, get a two, three, five transistor radio for $5 and you tune some of your local AM bands or distant ones and see what you can hear. Exactly. So um, we've kind of explained how Flat Earth, uh, what the theory is. Um, so how do they explain um, propagation? So how do they explain skip? So basically, they say um, it's a little bit confusing to try to explain, but it's like so the ionosphere is the explanation of why it's flat because that's the excuse we're given of why radio waves can't travel from directly from side to side or. If you want to add on to that, if that if you can add on to make it make a little bit more sense, yeah. So I, I it's, it's inverse obwards. It's not fair to you. I have it pulled up in front of me. I'm cheating. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so the their beliefs of the ionosphere is a complete hoax. Um, you know that that it was created by the round earthers. Those Scott. Can, can you imagine saying those round earthers in a derogatory fashion? <laughs> anyway, um, it, it's created by them. To explain how radio signals propagate, they look at it as well. Of course, your HF signals can can you know go all over the place, right? Because there's nothing in its way. It's just the Earth's flat and everything travels by ground wave. The problem is things don't travel by ground wave on HF frequencies. It doesn't happen. Um, but that's they say that it's a complete myth, and that's what allows the signals to propagate. Um, so it's I, I, it's the round. 
quote-unquote round earthers explanation of why radio waves travel. Yeah, exactly. So I pulled this up. Uh, I'd encourage you, if you think we're making this up and that this doesn't exist in the world, go to the Flat Earth Society's forums just so you can read this <laughs> complete heresy. You gotta make sure you have an account first because you can't search without an account. Yes, so it will come up in Google search results, but you gotta have an account there. I don't know, you have to pass some sort of initiation that you... You know, you swear the earth is flat before yep. they'll give you an account there. I you don't have know. to take a picture of a uh, level outside, and it has to be level. <laughs> if it's not level, you don't get in. Exactly. Uh, but here's a quote from a gentleman by the name of Tom Bishop, who is extremely active on this forum. I don't know if he's like an officer or just the chief evangelist of this ridiculousness, but but here's a direct quote from him. This is from a f- their forum. This was because I, I wanted to see... Okay, we're going to use ham radio to disprove flat earth. How do the flat earthers explain the existence of radio? What kind of arguments do they propose to explain this? Because clearly this has to have been thought of before. Right. I mean, they have to have thought. I mean, people they have, they have had to think that their theory is going to be broken by radio. So they had to come up with an excuse or something like that. However feeble and weak it might be. But anyway, here's a quote from Mr. Tom Bishop. So he says, in previous threads, the question was brought up. Why do AM waves... AM waves. Yep, AM waves. AM. Direct quote. Waves. (laughs) Uh, Travel beyond the horizon. If the Earth is round, then it would be possible for AM waves... Gosh, my head hurts just reading that. Jeez, oh, Pete. Yeah. Uh, It would be possible for the AM waves to be broadcast to parts of the Earth many hundreds of miles away. The RE, this is quote, direct quote, so round earther answer is that the AM waves bounce between the ionosphere and the surface of the Earth numerous times to reach areas around the curvature of the Earth. And I have this part highlighted because of just the ridiculousness here. The flat Earth answer is that this wacky bouncing does not occur. Since the Earth is flat, the waves can simply take a direct path. How does a wave bounce off the surface of the Earth anyway? How does a wave bounce off? A fog of atoms. I feel like I need to read this in a heavy southern accent for this to make sense. (laughs) It is absurd to propose that AM waves can bounce off the atmosphere and the Earth for many hundreds of miles and arrive at a location without incredible scattering. The flat Earth explanation is the best explanation for this phenomena. So, something that I just thought of that um, I didn't think to discuss the notes is if they want to discuss ground wave all the time, then why don't the uh, radio waves just go through the earth? Because metal or like, so our core is solid and we have what a molten mantle and Mm -hmm. a semi semi molten. I don't know. We probably, they probably don't think we have any of those things. This, I mean, they probably think we sit on like 50 feet of dirt and that's just a floating turtle. (laughs) It's definitely the floating turtle. That's the the most, uh, that's my favorite. That's the theory. That's gonna, that might have to be the title card for this podcast. We'll see how things go. Um, but to continue on with this, he says that the, um, the first post is thread. The original poster claims that one has to, quote, aim an antenna at the ionosphere. And he goes, how do you do that? The ionosphere isn't in one particular location in the round Earth sky. No, it's every freaking where, you idiot. So, like, it is in one location, and that is up. Yes. So. Just as gravity is inevitably down 
do they know what gravity is, though? I, I'm sure so they have probably some not, contrived so. explanation for that. And he says maybe the poster just means you have to aim it in the general direction you want the waves to go. Yeah, that's what he means. Have you ever seen a beam antenna? Every TV antenna for your farmer vision, Tom, is a beam antenna. Uh, but anyway, and the thing like say radio, like AM radio stations, their antennas are vertically polarized and hams know what that is. But so basically or horizontal, horizontally polarized, sorry, which means the antenna, if say you have a walkie talkie and you're not say, so you're not a ham, say you have a walkie talkie, your antenna is pointing straight up and down. That is sorry, vertically polarized. I'm getting my words wasted up. That's vertically polarized. That means your antenna is straight up and down and your waves are vertically polarized. I don't know how to do that, but if it's horizontal, it's horizontally polarized. Yeah. But polarization, so. if you can, the best way to visualize it, if you, if you think of a wave, you know, this, this traditional, you know, wave that you, that you would think of, um, in, in one fashion, they're kind of oriented up straight up and down and another fashion, they're kind of oriented on a horizontal axis. So you still have waves are just oriented different directions. And like, so like radio station, like if it's vertically polarized, they're still going to go off in a uh, perpendicular to the antenna. Right. Like, and like go and hit the sky at some point. Like AM waves are a good example of it, not the FM because those don't bounce too well. Exactly. Um, but they're going to still hit the uh, atmosphere it's, or the ionosphere at some point because th- all these antennas are omnidirectional. That's the point of a broadcast radio station to reach as many people as possible. Exactly. And that's omnidirectional. So it's going to be, quote unquote, pointed at the sky all the time. That's how exactly. it works. So the, the other thing, too, the next part of this that is just, oh, my gosh, I lost it. Um, he says that, um, okay, so... <laughs> You have to aim it in the general direction you want the waves to go, and then just assume that they bounce around in complex ways to reach the destination. I don't know why that's so complex. Uh, someone responded to this, or, or one of those round earth rebels, um, and he says, Tom, radio waves are no different from visible light waves except for frequency. And, and yeah, like literally you have to throw out all of science to, to, to do the mental gymnastics necessary to make round, uh, flat earth work. But he says they're exactly the same except for frequency, and that's true. You can Google this. You can look up a picture of the radio wave spectrum that includes light and UV and X-rays and gamma rays. And then he, this is my favorite part. He says, Tom, are you telling me that light does not bounce off of things? Tom has never used or seen a mirror. That doesn't (laughs) surprise me. I mean, with that haircut, probably not. Oh, no, no. Um... But and with the um, let's just go up really quick. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The where are we at here? In complex ways, when so if you're holding a walkie-talkie or a radio, you're getting and you're talking to someone, say let's say a hundred feet away, you're going to be receiving radio radio waves in more than one angle coming into your antenna. It's not just going to be straight up and like straight into your radio. It's you only need one of those waves to be decoded or demodulated or whatever, right. but you're going to have more and that's more or less redundant data. So it's not complex in a specific way. Like he is trying to. Yeah. They, they bounce coin. around in complex ways to reach the destination. It is no more complex than shining a flashlight at something you're trying to see in the dark. 
It is. I mean, other than right. the fact that obviously the radio is a little more complicated, but once it leaves the the emitter, so to speak, it behaves in the exact same you know fashion. You know, at least UHF and VHF does. You know, it's line of sight. Think of it like a right. laser beam. That's how VHF and UHF works. And here's another good point. I actually forgot to make note of this, but but why why do VHF and UHF waves stop at some point? Why is there such a thing called the radio horizon? If the earth is flat. It's just brick walls from the government, man. They put up brick walls to purposely stop them. Yeah, why is it that my biofang says that it's good for 10 kilometers and yet it doesn't go 10 kilometers? Well, we have walkie-talkies that are good for, you know, 37 kilometers. Don't you hate on my Motorola talk about. So, But yeah, that's the other good thing. Like, if VH, if the earth was really flat, um, you could talk from, like, one coast like say you're in florida on the coast of the atlantic ocean Mm -hmm. you should theoretically be able to talk to someone on the coast of africa somewhere without an issue yes yes mind you You should theoretically you should theoretically be able to build an antenna structure tall enough that on a vhf frequency you can get over sea level you could go over seas you could you could hit europe you could on vhf mind you on vhf yeah but it doesn't work. Because you have this thing the called the round. yeah, yeah, exactly. You have this thing called the radio horizon. Okay, the curvature of the Earth gets in the way, and your signal stops. You have a little bit of leeway, and the radio horizon slightly bends it, and that's yeah, it's a about, form of knife edge fifteen percent or knife so. Knife edge diffraction. It's like ten to fifteen percent. So past past where the curvature of the Earth is is, is your cutoff point, you get plus an extra, you know, ten to fifteen percent. And I remember I was doing, um, I think, some calculations a while ago of how high you would need to build an antenna tower to reach, or like what the theoretical maximum distance you could reach on line of sight from a terrestrial broadcast with a tall enough antenna. And that's still only to uh, 90 degrees from where your antenna is because, or 90 percent or 90 degrees plus 15 percent of that i don't want to do quick maths right but it's whatever that is because you can't curve around a bend on vhf exactly exactly so um the other one too that's that's worth bringing up here and to me this one is the one that really puts the nails and the last nail in the coffin on this whole flat earth thing um hf beams and great circle maps. Now, great circle maps is not something that's exclusive to ham radio. This is something that hams use. This is something that pilots use. Right. I'm sure there's other fields, too, that find this helpful. But great circle maps are a, a tool to find a straight line or, or the shortest distance between two points on a curved surface. So they take it and they flatten they flatten it out so that it's visible. Right. You take a round earth and they can put it in a, a two-dimensional fashion. Um, without the, dist- well, without having to make cuts in the map itself, it'd be yes. it's a distorted image, but it's without having to make the uh, weird cuts and making the oblong shapes that you normally see. Yes, you you do get some distortion, but it has a specific purpose. And and I remember learning about the the advantages and disadvantages of various mapping projections, like Mercator versus there's a bunch of different ones. But anyway, um, but its one job is to give you straight line like a heading right right so you can you can take a, a straight line go in a straight line and, and figure out your exact heading 
um, from point A to point B. So that's why it's often used by pilots. It's used by hams to point their HF beams in a specific direction. Um, so, and it's funny, when you go to flat earth websites, they often use a great circle map that's centered on the North Pole. Um, but here's the problem with, with great circle maps. They're only accurate if the center point is where you are. Right. So every flat earther must live on the North Pole and they have no access to communication. That's why they must think the Earth is flat. (laughs) Exactly. So um, just a quick synopsis of how this works. Let's say I want to blast a really big signal into Europe. So I'm going to look at a great circle map centered on Ohio where I'm at. I'm going to say, okay, that's, you know, whatever degrees... Um, and that's the heading that I'm going to point my beam at and I'll swing the beam over and I will hear Europe really well. Now, if say someone in, uh, let's see, what's an, what's an Island in the Atlantic? Uh, oh, like directly. Are you talking about more well, Caribbean more or, or less, more or less between the U S and Europe? You have the Azores, which is off the coast, the coast of course, geez. Off the coast of Portugal. I mean, you got Britain, like the British Isles. Yeah. Okay. Let's make this easier. Let's let's say I'm I'm pointing towards um, Australia. Okay, from the U.S. And then let's say that um, someone in Russia wants to go there. They couldn't use my same beam heading. The degrees would be off. So if you let's say you pick a halfway point. So maybe I'm going. Um, to Africa, and then there's someone in Australia that's also going to Africa. Like, if they were to try and measure um, the beam heading from my location to Africa with the great circle centered on them, the degrees would be completely different. They can't measure it the same way. It has to be centered on your location for it to be accurate. I mean, you can have a 40 to 50 degree error, which means you're not going to hear the station at all. Right. Um, Which, again this is verifiable you can you know go put up a beam and test this out for yourself it's ex- an expensive test but you can do it yeah it's an expensive test or go down or to your just, club or yeah go down to your ham radio club and uh, that's got a beam and try this out or for about 400 bucks plus mast and coax you can put yourself up a spider beam those are pretty cool hex beam or whatever yeah spider beams a brand but um to me that's a, a perfect explanation of how this just doesn't work and how you have to throw so much science and observable phenomenon just in the trash can to make this work. And you'd have, I mean, you have to make up your own like scientific facts at that point to try to make this work and dodge around like scientific law. And it's, they, they skirt around it so much. It, if, I mean, yeah, they skirt around it so much that it just to make it work. Yeah. They have a preconceived idea of how things are for whatever reason, and then they pick and choose little, I mean, tidbits and pseudoscience that that works, but the minute you start to dive deeper, the whole stupid thing falls apart. The other thing I wanted to bring up, too, was long path. Um, We talk about short path with beam headings and stuff like that. You want to kind of explain the long path thing? So, long path... So... Short path is as kind of a recap is the shortest distance from so like the shortest transmission distance from point A to point B. So like say I wanted to talk to my grandpa in Arizona and I'm in Northwest Ohio, it'd go across the U.S. like diagonal across the U.S. But long path would go around over Russia, Siberia area around 
probably past, Australia, yeah, around that area. Hawaii, past all of that. Go all the way around the other side of the globe to come all the way back around to Arizona instead of taking the shortest path. It not, I mean, it can always reach there. You can always have a signal. Short, short path is going to be the strongest signal generally, but long path sometimes can be the stronger signal just from wacky phenomena. Yeah, exactly. Wacky phenomena. It bounces around and all sorts of wacky skipping configurations like the the bullet that killed JFK. Anyway, that's another topic for another day, but um but no, here's the other cool thing about long path is is you know, um there are actually recordings of people listening to a station on long path and short path. So you can actually hear the signal echoing because it is delayed as it travels around the opposite side of the earth at a slight delay. So it sounds like an echo, an obvious echo effect because the speed of light contrary to popular popular belief is not instant, especially not in a vacuum. It's because as much as if you're in school right now and depending on what grade you're in, they're going to say the speed of light is constant, and while, yes, it is, in a vacuum, if you're transmitting through, like, say, copper or other coax or open air, for that matter, uh, it's going to be slower or delayed anyway. Copper has a velocity of about 67% of the speed of light, so, like, 287 million miles per hour. Um, right. So it's, it's going to be a little bit different. I completely lost my train of thought. That's okay. Well, where I was going with this is the speed of light is, looks like about 300,000. The 300, uh, 300 million meters 300 per second. 300 million meters per second. So 300, I don't know if I can get to 300 million on this calculator. That's going to be And that's about what hams use when they do dipoles and stuff. They just do 300 million just as an easy number to round about. So 300 million miles divided by... Hopefully I'm doing this correctly. It so, is kind of late. It's, we're pushing mid. Well, that's miles too instead of meters. That is meters, isn't it? Right. Okay. I don't know if I want to do this formula right now. It is almost midnight. Um, but basically what I'm saying is it, it's a measurable distance. You can observe the amount of echo that you hear in that delay. And, and you can even go to you. I went to YouTube and listened to a couple of examples of this. And you can hear multiple recordings. And it's just it's just a slight echo. It's it's very interesting how that works. That's some crazy good propagation. And the same thing with like electricity, like electrons fall into this too. Like electrons travel at nearly the speed of light. And say you're t- say you're talking to your relative halfway across the country over your cell phone, you'll notice that there's a slight delay, and that's from the radio waves going to the antenna, going through the network, or still over open air, just being amplified further, mm-hmm. and just taking time because electrons and radio waves are still nearly the speed of light. So it just takes a little bit of time. Exactly. Um, and then you have like digital processing, and all that stuff. So analog's a better test, but you, but you're still on the right, you know, line and that, and that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it requires some crazy mental gymnastics to, uh, to make all this work. Um, if you delve into any technology related field at all, there's, tons of evidence to be found as to why this just doesn't work right so um is there anything else you had on the the whole round earth conspiracy i don't think i do it's kind of wrap things up for that subject it's it's an absurd theory that doesn't 
have a whole lot of origin other than people think, like I said at the beginning, it's it's sound when you think of it as, well, the Earth is flat and I have a flat object, and if I drop another object on this flat object, it does the same thing on the Earth. So if you look at it that shallowly and that objectively, then yes, it makes sense. But we've learned and we've sent people to space and we've observed. No, we haven't. Oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> that is also a, a, a farce. <laughs> and um, I, I, I promise I will try and never break out my southern accent again. But I felt like it was I feel it was like necessary. It was, it was necessary to communicate the ridiculousness of this situation. I mean, it's about as accurate. I mean, it was accurate as, uh, you know, the person that used to live with my or the person that my uh, uh, mother was seeing for a little while. Pretty much on the same mental level there. Yeah, uh, let me see here. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if there's any truth to this. So I'm gonna see if it says where this guy's from. Um, society. Where's this guy? I'm looking to see if this guy explains where he lives. I mean, I'm just looking at this guy and I'm picturing like a really regressive, like southernist. Like, yeah, I just. Okay, I can't find a definitive answer, but you look at a picture of this guy, and I just, it, I, I can't picture him any other way. That just instantly popped into my mind. But I digress on that. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, some other conspiracies, conspiracies related to radio here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the first one I have written down is quoted, <laughs> quoted, five uh, G Wi Fi will kill us all. So the hyperbole there is five G Wi Fi. 5G Wi-Fi. Not 5 gigahertz, mind you. 5G is in. We had 3G, 4G, now 5G. 5G Wi-Fis will well, kill us all. <laughs> 5G so, interwebs will kill us all. Um, it, it, if that doesn't... If that's not the best intro to... So this whole next subject is going to be kind of... Hy- uh, electromagnetic hypersensitivity, people thinking that radio waves are going to give them headaches, cancer, blah, blah, blah. Um, that does explain how unrooted these uh, research, like these studies are, and that kind of stuff. Five G Wi Fi, then I'm not sure what will with these headlines. How click clickbaity, I guess they are, because that's I a was, hot button thing. I was sent. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can even find it. I was sent a video. There's a guy on YouTube that is like, um very churchy type like he mostly talks at churches and in the video he explains how apple is satanic which you probably think they are too dumb uh <laughs> just their uh price model and their marketing model but okay well i that i can probably agree with their that. products are pretty decent quality but they're pretty expensive but you have to sell your soul to the devil to get one Pro- yeah just a little bit but anyway that you know we're giving kids ipads in schools and it's killing them and oh here's the best part he he went on. He expounded for almost twenty minutes about how um, iPads put out so much radiation, and we're putting it in kids' hands, five, six-year-olds' hands, and they're sitting it on their laps because we're trying to sterilize them. And I'm like, they're probably giving them Wi-Fi only iPads. The Wi-Fi only iPads. But you know that also Wi-Fi also will give you headaches and sterilize you too. Right, right. But I just the numbers he used because um, he actually. Very much out of context and very much without further without due explanation, quoted numbers for the specific absorption rate 
for iPads and, and the SAR that the iPads give off and compared them to that of an iPhone. And the problem with that model is that it, it's disproportionate. Like, I think iPads gave off, assuming it's a cellular iPad, they kick out maybe like an extra 10 or 15% more than an iPhone. But yet in that same token, no school is paying for cellular service on 700 iPads. It's just right. not happening. They're Wi-Fi only. So the entire argument itself is completely disingenuous. And of course, with the hot button uh, or the buzzwords that it uses radiation and most people immediately, when you think of radiation, you think of radioactive decay, like from radioactive elements, like radioisotopes. Yeah, I, I got really irradiated by the sun today when I was mowing my lawn. It's all That's sorts of, of radiation coming off of that bad boy. But, and like, the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that when you use the term radiation, it doesn't necessarily and always mean radioactive decay i mean the sun radiates energy your cell phone radiates energy your uh furnace will radiate energy because it's heat it's heat energy right and you have all these different types of energies like um, and, and different kinds just it, it's all on a on, on a spectrum and different portions of that spectrum have different interactions with human tissue and different effects on their environment. So gamma rays and x-rays and stuff like that. I mean, gamma rays, I can't think of any legitimate use. That's a part of mostly radioactive decay. Am I right? There's not really a, a productive thing for gamma rays. To uh, other do, than like there? scientific research and that kind of stuff. I can't, or high energy x-rays to go through. I don't even know airport security. They yeah. use like x-rays instead. Right, but. right. I mean, you have X x-rays and CAT scans and stuff like that. Those you can are image with gamma rays, and I'm pretty sure people have done x-rays with gamma rays. I know kind of a little bit confusing because x-ray are a type of ray, but... Right, right. It's just a broad term that's applied for like a medical imaging technology, but it is a specific portion of the um you know the emf spectrum um so but yeah there's these videos exist and they're they're propagating like crazy um that <laughs> let's address that headline again 5g wi-fi will kill us all um this is an actual article you can go look it up i don't care to share the site but you're welcome to read it yourself um the first fallacy within this is that 5g isn't wi-fi at all it's a cellular internet and connectivity technology right they operate at two completely different uh frequencies on different bands um exactly much many many much much different protocols neither the sun right um but different protocols that vary greatly because wi-fi is an ieee standard i'm not sure if 5g has any ieee standards in that as well but it it, it really doesn't um, 5G is actually a very... I would say any cellular 4G, 3G, because I don't think those... 3G, use... 3G, 4G, 5G, the whole cellular thing is is mostly a branding terminology. Now, there are, there are agencies that have kind of come out with standards, but it's more like a company uses the buzzword 4G, and then a company comes out and says, okay, we need to decide what we're going to call 4G to make sure that there's honesty in marketing. And have at least because um, um, that happened back when um, you know a couple carriers first came out with 4G, and then a couple other carriers came out and said, "Oh, hey, look, we got 4G too." And really, it was like three and a half G. 
Like, so right. then they, they came out with, a, a, I forget the organization, but they came out and said, okay, if you're going to call your stuff 4G, it's got to meet these criteria. At least this minimum amount of upload, download, and, and bandwidth this. capabilities right. and all that jazz. So, um, Wi Fi traditionally exists in the 2.4 gigahertz and in the 5 gigahertz and the um, five frequency is, ranges. The 5, uh, pretty recent, at least from a few years ago. Um, I remember all the hype was 2013, maybe 2012, mm-hmm. 2013 is when they really started pushing for the home consumer market of 5G Wi Fi, not just enterprise level stuff. Yeah. And, and just to clarify, you're referring to 5 gigahertz yes, Wi Fi, not fifth generation, which is um, what 4, 3G, 4G, 5G stands right. for. Um, it, it, that refers to a, a upgrading and a. Um, renovation if you will of cellular data technology so this literally uh, i work in retail around people with technology and this just makes me think of every time someone doesn't understand the difference between a cellular connection and wi-fi and this is just verbalized in one sentence the 5g wi-fi will kill us all right and like for the layman user too like it's nothing against them. If you don't understand it, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I yeah, mean, absolutely. I mean, That's Google, th- like, if you have a cell phone with a 4G connection or cellular connection and a Wi-Fi connection, then all you really need to be concerned is about is, oop, does my Google Chrome connect to the interwebs? Yes, yeah. no. Yeah, and I don't, I don't care. I don't expect everyone to take the time to understand all this stuff. That's perfectly fine. It, w- w- but when you're going to go around posting internet articles about it... And miss, uh, <laughs> miss coin terms. and Yeah, exactly. Like claiming Wi-Fi is 5G. Or, and they're not even in the same... You, you can't even really argue this or against it for that matter, because they're not even in the same frequency band. So there's a couple different LTE bands where 4G operates and 5G is just an expansion on that. There's a 600, a 700, an 800, a 1700, and a 1900. Whereas we already talked about Wi-Fi exists in like, um, you know, 2. 2.4. 1.2, 2.4. Not even, only 2.4 and up. That's right. Yeah, yep. 2.4. 2 like, I think it's like 2.44 gigahertz and wasn't there a, Wasn't there a 900 at one point? Was that like old uh, A or B type routers? Because so hams have some overlap with Wi-Fi. I thought we had it in two places. I could be mistaken on I that. I think we still have it in 2.4 gigahertz, but... um. Okay. The I don't pay that. I don't understand hams that experiment with microwaves other than for like little experiments. Like people will really set up a transceiver with a microphone and a satellite dish. And I'm like, but why do? Right. <laughs> The, I mean, yeah, that that's cool, but like you had to set up a schedule with your buddy for both of you to be on a mountaintop at the same time, and you could have done it with an HT, but instead you did it with a thousand dollars of equipment you made in your basement. It's a cool proof of concept, but geez, man, right? And the uh, letter D, the notions for the um, eight hundred two, like eight hundred two eleven A, eight hundred two eleven B, um, are j- so the eight hundred two eleven is just the protocol that the Wi Fi uses. And the ABC just denotes the amount of bandwidth that mode can do. Like A, I think, is three megabits down. B is... That sounds right. It's coming, it's coming back to me now. And then you have BGN or BGN. Then you have AC. And then I think there's a new one coming out. I can't think of what it's called. Yeah. Um, something past N. That's crazy. Um, but the other thing that's worth talking about, we talk about how everything's on a spectrum and how they behave and operate differently and have different effects on the environment. 
um, damage to DNA. So everyone says, you know, turn off your router while you're while you sleep. You know, it'll you know irradiate your body um, while you're trying to sleep. And people like supposedly say that they can't sleep or they get headaches or they keep them up all night or whatever. But as soon placebo as, they, as soon as they take it away, they can magically sleep. But yeah, it's, it's the placebo. placebo. It has to be. Absolutely. Um, damage to DNA happens at the uh, UVB. Um, so ultraviolet band B and above at 290 nanometers. So and even and still you the, get above that. Now you've got X-rays, gamma rays and stuff like that. And even still UVB, it's just the potential to be able to cause DNA damage. I mean, you're out in the sun all day. Well, a lot of people are at least walk around in the sun. And unless you're like leucistic or albino, then or you have those mutations, then even still, you don't have to worry about it too much as long as you're not out there all day with a no protection whatsoever because maximum I mean, maximum permissible exposure for right. for sun rays right just like with radio um but but even then it's it's more like with radio it's like damage yeah if you're taking um you know a 50 watt UHF radio and a beam and pointing it at your skull you know it can damage the soft tissues in your eyes and cause cataracts and it can cook you know, your stuff brain. Like that. It can yeah. literally cook your cells. I mean, 50 watts VHF probably will not do that. I don't care to try that personally. No, I probably prefer to avoid that. It's uh, fun fact. When I was um, about five or six years younger than you and first got my ham license, um, my I had a pretty high gain antenna that was maybe 40 feet away right. from where I sat when I used the radio. And I can remember having a conversation on it and um, feeling just my face felt flush mm-hmm. um, and my eyes got watery. And and then I made an effort to not do that again. <laughs> and this all comes down to your the energy that the wave itself can carry at radio waves. So let's talk about just radio for a second. HF, like... 80 meters, and we're going to use the same wattage here. Let's say 100 watts of HF and a hundred, let's not even do that. Let's say 1,000 watts. 1,000 watts of 80 meters. If you're underneath a beam or underneath an antenna, you're really not going to feel it. I mean, you might right. get a headache or something after a long time for a short period of time. Exactly. But if you move up to microwaves, at 2.4 gigahertz and a thousand watts, you can get into serious damage with cooking yourself, or cooking your cells, cooking your eyes, giving yourself cataracts, making yourself go sterile even. But the radio waves. I, I'd recommend scheduling a vasectomy instead of pointing a yaki at your crotch. Both have the same effect, <laughs> but <laughs> but radio waves just do not have the energy to cause cellular damage to DNA or DNA damage to your cell. But even visible light up to violet light, you have to get into UVB to even potentially cause DNA. But even your body is really good at producing melanin to protect your DNA cells. It's really fascinating to your DNA will or Sorry, melanin will be created and actually go around the nucleus of your cell to protect it, which That's is cool. Um, Veritasium actually did a recent video along with the physics girl about UV sunblock and how melanin works. And it's a really fascinating video. I'll have to link it into the blog post we 
put alongside this at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll do a little write up with that with some some external links. I think would probably be a, a good way to to put this up. So, um, and this th- also brings into the smart meters too, where people think that they're getting cancer from their smart meters at nine hundred megahertz and what are they three watts or something? Yeah, it's it's a handful. It's it's not much more than a Wi Fi signal. Um, I mean, Wi-Fi and, and actually, you you had to remind me about smart meters because I, I wasn't familiar with that. So this this is for you know so that you know American Electric Power doesn't have to walk through your yard and get bit by your dog um, while checking your electric usage. They can just you know drive down the street or whatever and or grab even, all the signals. Or they can even be transmitted right back to the um, your utility company because mm-hmm. a lot of new smart meters can piggyback off another and just keep piggybacking all the way back to the. That's right. I did know that. It's kind of, so it's kind of like a mesh network, really, at that point. Pretty much. That's cool. Technology is a cool thing. People need to stop being so dang scared of it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, three watts at 900 megahertz, your p- local law enforcement has five 10 watt HTs that they stick next to their forehead and they're not dead yet. So um, they're probably throwing 50 off the back of their car. At least I, I want one of these people that, you know, thinks they have um, electromagnetic hypersensitivity. The next time I, there's a police call in their neighborhood, I want them to go get under their tinfoil blanket to protect their skull from the 800 megahertz radiation coming off the back of the police car. You just got to give everyone space blankets. <laughs> I, I'm all I can think of is better call Saul with uh, yep. his brother, uh, Saul's brother, Chuck that um you know lives in his house with his uh oil lanterns and all the electrical wiring ripped out of the wall and when he has a episode he gets under his space blanket to calm himself down and like <laughs> it is worth noting too that like we're in a time where and technology is rapidly advancing and we don't have super duper long term effects of like say t- uh, 200 300 years Whoa. hold on um. Yep. Say two hundred years, three hundred years of how radio waves affect our bodies, how all this other stuff. So, in a lot of people's defense, we don't one hundred percent know because technology is advancing. And say three hundred years ago, we were we were living with oil lanterns, and granted, we did have RF from the sun and other natural sources, not like radios. But sure. That the, being the said, earth, the Earth puts out a fair share of uh, electromagnetic. And radio radiation on right. its own. Obviously, we're we're doing a lot more of that ourselves. But but between the sun and uh, we've been know, around lightning RF emissions, all our lives. Yeah, our bodies have, are acclimated and used to it. And you really can't get away from it unless you're going to live in a Faraday cage. No, I mean, you have yeah, to go to the radio say, free zones. But yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's let's say you don't have a Wi-Fi router. Well, your neighbor's got one or a smart meter. <laughs> I'm sure half your neighbors have a smart meter. If you don't like that, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't really have too much else on that topic. I think we covered a lot of good ground on that. Right. Um, next episode, which hopefully will be released with a higher frequency than what, uh, than what this one was from our first episode. Um, that one, I think we're going to do some, some diving into radio conspiracies or conspiracy. Yeah. Like conspiracies that can have their, not sure the flat earth how we disproved it, but um, not trying to give away too many spoilers, but at least maybe some topics to get you excited for next episode. Uh, you have the harp and uh, what was the other one? Uh, I think we're going to talk about harp. Um, we we're going to talk about uh, number stations. That was one. another one we we're going to discuss. 
Um, I think I got a couple other things I might we might bring up there as well. Um, so that'll be kind of fun. And then I think once we get some of this uh, more like outlying stuff out of the way, I think maybe we'll get into some meatier part of the radio hobby itself for a little bit. But this is kind of some I think some good material that doesn't get discussed as often. We wanted to give you you know be able to offer you guys some unique something. Stuff. Yeah, well, something you unique. get some more. I don't want to say scripted, but some more methodically laid out about hams in general or more stuff directed to the hobby or electronics. So, yeah, but this has been a, a fun couple of episodes. Um, if you haven't done so yet, I'd encourage you to take a look at our website, thisoldhamshack.com. Um, that's the best way to get, uh, you know, see our, our blog posts that we do, see when a new podcast goes up. And um, be sure to keep watching there for updates as we're going to be switching from SoundCloud to local hosting at some point. So it might be a brief transitional period, but uh, we'll have all the episodes linked to iTunes in the very yeah. near future. If, you, if you've sold your soul to the devil and you have an Apple product that you're listening to our podcast on, you probably won't see any interruptions there. Um, if you're direct streaming from the website, um, there may potentially be a brief downtime as we get things off of SoundCloud and over to local hosting because SoundCloud is expensive. Very. I mean, free account allows for three hours, so that's about three episodes, maybe an episode <laughs> or three and a half. Yeah. And to go from that, it's what? like $80 a year for six hours. Yep. And then, so we'd max that out in just a couple of months. And then, you know, to get to an unlimited one, I mean, we're talking almost $200 a year just for audio hosting, which is in my opinion, asinine. Right. (laughs) Um, And and we've got our website. We can host 250,000 files and a hundred gigabytes. And we're only at like 6,000 files right now. And that's just our website. So I'm, yep pretty sure we're covered for a little while i there. think that should um get us into the next stage of growth here so um if this is your second time tuning into us thanks for coming back we appreciate you um there will be many more to come yeah, and so if you're first time then hope you enjoyed this episode uh one more plug if you like what we talk about you can catch both of us at the ham radio crash course discord if you're not aware of that you can find hosh Nasi on youtube find the discord and we'll post a link to the discord as well in the blog post accompanied beside this